Berman Golf Podcast, where we're helping golfers over the age of 60 increase distance off the tee so that they can hit shorter irons into the green. Yeah, baby. You can visit us at BermanGolf.com for more information and get ready. This is going to be a fun one. And we're back for the Long Balls Golf Podcast. Dr. Jake Berman here with my co-host, John Sermon. What is happening? Welcome back to Berman Golf. Dun, 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 dun. Make sure you go check out BermanGolf.com. We are constantly updating that website, all sorts of valuable content. Check out our socials, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I'm killing it on TikTok right now. I am pissing off a bunch of people right now. So if you want to go see the drama on TikTok, go check us out on TikTok because I got all sorts of guys pissed off right now. <laughs> them haters <laughs> collecting haters left and right well it's the i get on there and one of the videos that uh, one of the things that i talk about a lot is it's what we talked about last time was posture getting into your address position and having that that hump in your in your upper back and i'm like that's an old man posture quit looking like an old man and fix it and all these guys get on there and comment i'll still outdrive your ass young buck <laughs> The ignorance is bliss. How do you say it? It's bliss? How do you say it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. Young buck. <laughs> she, she You're you. still wet behind the ears. Oh, here's another one of my favorites. You'd probably hit the ball farther if you're wearing shoes. <laughs> and that exact, that, that what you just said is super curious because we were talking about four things last time. We only mentioned three. The fourth one we're going to talk about today really should tell you that you really don't need shoes to play golf. Heck, it, John Daly can drive it 350 yards in his prime without shoes. So shoes actually inhibit inhibit your balance, inhibit your connection to the ground. There's also the other thing that um, it's becoming a little bit more well-known in mainstream is like a grounding, which is very important. Releasing a, bit, a little bit of that energy into the ground and negative energy, I highly recommend it. Walk without shoes on the grass. You know, yep. and it'll make you feel much better. But I'm um, going back to what you're saying is last time we talked about four key things that we teach our golfers before we actually introduce them to the Berman method. Correct. First one being alignment, posture, balance, and then the fourth one, which is connection to the ground. Connection to the ground. What in the heck does that mean? It's it's funny that that that. Like, do you want me to anchor myself? Do you want me to put some nails in my it, foot to a, the ground? Or it's basically a way of anchoring yourself. With zip tie myself. Ratchet create, strap. It, no, all you need is duct tape. tape. All you need is duct tape. <laughs> Just good old good old fashioned duct tape should do the trick. I mean, you're a fisherman, right? You, you like boating. Is it true that if you have a hole in your boat, you just duct tape it and you you're fine? You just put duct tape in it and keep going, baby. <laughs> no matter how big the, the hole is. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's why you bring extra rolls of duct tape. But yeah, so basically, so in order to be able to be consistent through the ball, we always teach four things. We teach our players how to align themselves so they can neutralize or become neutral in terms of their shoulders, their hips, and their legs and their feet. Then we help them get into the right posture so they can maximize their upper torso rotation and also their hip mobility. We teach them about balance, how to use effectively their weight on the middle of their feet, on the ball of their feet, so they can actually engage in proper balance throughout their swing. And the final one is a connection to the ground, which brings everything together. If you have good alignment, you have good posture, and you have good balance, you will be able to use effectively the ground as a means to support and push your way through the golf swing. 
Do you want to explain what does that, what that means? I do, but before we get into that, this is one of those terms that has been floating around the golf industry a lot lately, especially since Justin Thomas and Ricky Fowler and Rory. Rory's big one. All these big young or all these young not big. Yeah. All these young short guys are coming out and crushing the ball. Your, your favorite guy, uh, Matsuyama. Matsuyama, yep. And they say that it's they're able to use the ground effectively. effectively. And so many of our clientele, our aging golfers are going, I'm trying to use the ground. I'm trying to push off of it. But you're doing it so ass backwards that it like you're putting the cart before the horse it just is like there's zero percent chance that you can use the ground when you're doing it this particular way i mean when you when you have some of these golfers and when we first get them right and they have the right foot behind the left foot like away from the target line or their body line we have them using their balance in a fish like in a very backwards way or you you see everything right how are they going to be able to push themselves through the swing and use the ground effectively? They don't. They're not even aligned well, right? How can they? They're going to start pushing with the hips left, hooking it, chunking it. Like they're going to start doing all these different types of shots, except the shot that they really want because they're not really set up to that the right way. So, to be able to use the ground effectively, and to be able to push yourself through the ground effectively, in layman's terms, means, I, I guess I can put it in this way: is using the ground and using your feet to create power and to move yourself from right to left through the ball. So what does that mean? That means that you're creating a bump to the left, a push to the left, and a rotation that all stems through your right foot. Oh, boy. I think you gotta. You have to explain this uh, one. Oh, boy. <laughs> Biomechanics expert is going to explain it in a digestible way. Oh, my gosh. Here we way. go. We just, we just said the bump, the whole bump. <laughs> Nobody understands that in person. How are they going to understand it through a podcast? <laughs> the bump and twist. <laughs> is that like the mashed potato? That's, that's a, the, the mashed potatoes. That's trademark, by the way. Copyright <laughs> use only. Berman method. Okay, so let's back up and let's let's go simple here for a minute. So in order to use the ground, one of the easiest visuals that most people can relate to is a pitcher, a pitcher in baseball. Yeah. So when they are loading up, winding up, and then pushing off of the mound to project the ball to the catcher, you know, throw it down to the catcher, that is using the ground to distribute the power, transfer the power from the ground, through the legs, through the core, through the arms, through the hands, through the fingertips, and then the ball. Yep. It's the same exact theory, if you will, or process. It's the same same move. It's the same exact move, Yeah. just not that much lateral. It's just more of a, a turn, a twist, than a lateral shift like a pitcher. Yeah. Like pitchers are moving hugely laterally and minimally twisting or turning versus golf is the exact opposite. Golfers are moving hugely turning and minimally laterally. But, but there's a parallel because if you really think about it, you said you said a key word, you said load, right? So a pitcher, if he's a righty, we're talking about a right-handed pitcher, right? And a, and a right-handed player, golf player. So he's going to load up. Left foot is going to go up. 
He's going to load on his right leg, and then he's going to push. That left leg is going to come flying out. He's going to establish another if, a support point on the ground, and he's going to transfer all his energy to the ball. So he's going loading to the right and then pushing left as hard as he can and then loading all the energy into the ball. In the same way, a golfer loads all his energy onto the right and then pushes off to the left. So it's, it, there's the same principle there, same dynamic. It's just it looks differently because of the movement of both a professional athletes. Yep. It is the same exact thing, though. Yeah. It's, it's basically you're releasing a lot of stored energy. You're yeah. loading the stored energy, and then you're releasing the hell out of it. Right. By moving efficiently and using the ground as a base. Right. And you can translate that into football. Tom Brady does it naturally. He doesn't even think about it. The way he just throws the ball is incredible. You can also do, see it in hockey when hockey players are about to smash the, the hell out of the puck. Like you see this happening in other sports. It's very similar to golf. Even tennis. When the ball, tennis is more of a reaction sport than an action sport. In tennis, you don't create the action unless you're doing a serve. You're reacting to the ball coming for, towards you. But the same principles apply. When you're playing tennis, you need to have the correct distance from the ball. So you can load up the backhand or the right hand. You can load up onto the right hand, onto the right leg, sorry, and hit the ball through. So you see this being repetitive in all sports. It's just in golf, it's different because it seems much more stationary or less kinetic in a way. Yeah, it just intimidates the hell out of people. Like you get over the ball and you just freeze. I mean, this is, I hope we don't get too far off track, but I think it's very relevant right now where so many of our clients have beautiful practice swings, like absolutely beautifully tempoed practice swings. And then they get over the ball. It's mashed potatoes. And it's like, holy shit, who, who are you? Like yeah. you're twin A, twin, twin B, like not even close to the same swing, not even, a, not even close, not even 50% close. It's like, what the hell? So think about it this way, because I think this is relevant. This isn't really what I was planning on talking about today, but I think it is very relevant because you just mentioned all those sports is when Tom Brady has the football in his hand and he's about to throw it, is he strangling the thing? Is he trying to crush the football or does he just have a grip on it and he's about to you know, just, just grip. Be, be loosey-goosey? His arms are yep. loose. Everything's loose. The only thing he's focused on is plant, twist, and release. Find the receiver. Yep. So plant the foot, twist the body, release the hand. Same thing with baseball. They're trying to hit the thing out of the park, but they're not strangling the bat. You know, you don't strangle the bat to try to hit it out of the park. You're loosey-goosey in the hands and the arm. You are getting ready to plant that right foot and whip the heck out of your body and just let the arms and hands follow. Yeah. It's the same for every single sport, yet when we're standing over the golf ball, it's like, oh my gosh, let me, uh, what's going to happen here? The psychological aspect of an action sport where you're creating the action, it usually is much harder than a reaction sport where you have, basically when Federer is serving the ball, you have like literally like microseconds to react, right? It's coming 100 miles an hour towards you. Same thing with a pitcher. 130. 130. 150-something crazy. Well, a pitcher, what, what's a pitcher average? Like 96 to 100 miles an hour? 92 to yeah. 90s. So you're talking about try to swing at that. That's a reactional reaction sport. Golf is a little bit more difficult because you're reacting. Sorry, you're acting. You're creating the action. 
but the principles are exactly the same, so it shouldn't be different. We should be able to just use the ground, effective posture, effective balance, and just, you know, swing through the ball with, with an effective use and attachment to the ground. Good. So let's get, let's come back full circle to where we're at right now. How do we use the ground? We talked about alignment. We talked about posture. We talked about balance. Now we're getting into using the ground to transfer energy into the golf ball. That term transfer energy, I want you to imagine that means that pitcher on the mound jumping off the right foot or pushing off the right foot onto the left foot to deliver the baseball. That's transferring energy. So the way we come back into the golf swing with it is if you're still imagining the same analogy with a pitcher, how much power is he going to be able to transfer into the baseball if at the top of his windup, he's standing straight need? Like his right leg is perfectly straight. Like you can't. I'm hold on. I'm not saying this right because at the top of the mount, at the top of the windup, he is straight. But that's not where the power move is. As he starts to move forward, he's bending the right knee and then pushing. Yes, and then pushing so forward. It's, it's like a so it's basically like a rubber band effect. Yeah. So that's not a good analogy. Let's use a better one. So. Let's go back to the jumping one. I'm pretty sure. Did we talk about jumping this episode or last? Last one? episode, we yeah. talked about jumping. We talked about jumping. So if you're going to try to jump as high as you possibly can, are you going to keep your knees straight or are you going to bend them? You're going to bend them. You're going to try to maximize your kinetic energy, your stored energy to try to release it as you go up. Yes. If you're going to try to jump as high as you can, you're not going to keep your knees straight and then jump. Yeah. We, we can all agree on that. Yeah. The same thing is true in the golf swing. So many times when people are at the top of their backswing, their right knee for right-handed golfers is straight. It's like, what the hell? How are you supposed to generate any power if your right knee is straight? Now, I know there's a lot of people listening to this saying, that ain't me. Well, guess what? It is. Take a slow-mo, take your iPhone out, put it on slow-mo video, set it behind you, you know, away from the target, facing you. Down the line. Yeah, down the line and record a swing and watch your right knee go significantly straighter than it was at your address position. That is losing power. You cannot generate power with a straight knee. You can't, cannot do it. It's not possible. It's not possible. In fact, like I remember Tiger in his prime, 2000 through 2005, six, when he was like literally winning 10, 10 tournaments a year, he used to do this compression move. And I think it was when he was with Butch Harmon that he did it the best in that 2001 swing. He would literally maintain perfect bend on his knees throughout the swing. He would only release the knees at, at his finish when he was just, you know, posing for the picture. Throughout the swing, his flexion or the way his knees bend throughout the swing was incredibly like consistent it was absolutely incredible and he had the best swing in golf like that 2001 swing is the best swing has ever existed there's nothing com- that comes close he actually also decimated he won u.s open british open pa championship and then the masters the following year who <laughs> like who's done that like please i think he came also second 
in that in the master's room in 2000 so like you're you're like a walking google a walking golf google i love golf i'm I'm addicted (laughs) don't tell my wife (laughs) but it's true you've got to maintain a flex or a bend in that right knee especially at the top of the backswing if you have any aspiration of generate generating power in the golf swing any aspiration of generating club head speed in the golf swing you have to yeah i think that in order to be able to load up the need to load up your your right side you need to maintain that flex it's a it's a jumping principle you can't jump with a straight knee you can't really hit the ball with a straight knee you got to maintain your flex it also goes back to posture if you're straight if you're extending your leg and losing your bend you're also changing your plane and your axis of your posture yeah, that's that's real technical, and that's hard to communicate that through the podcast. So yeah. let's leave that one. It's really easy to see the jumping analogy. So the what we're trying to remember, come full circle to everything right now. What we're talking about right now is how to use the ground to transfer energy to the golf ball. The only way you can do it biomechanically is if you maintain a flex in your right knee assuming that you've got right balance and your foot position and the weight's going through your foot and everything, the only way you can do it is if you maintain a flex in that right knee, especially at the top of the backswing. That's how you use the ground. That's the fourth most important thing. You cannot do it if you straighten that knee into your backswing. It's hard to explain it through a podcast. or It's hard to not be able to show it. That's why we're also going to start making videos now for our podcast to show the motions. But I cannot stress how important it is to be able to use the ground if you do not use the ground to move through the ball you will never maximize your golf potential it just will not happen and most people just hit the ball to hit it only a few golfers out there actually have they hit the ball with intention and they use the ground effectively right good so One thing I think we should do next is I think we should give an immediately actionable um, suggestion on how to do this. And I actually just learned this from Sean, the PGA pro that I worked with a couple of weeks ago up in the, at um, the Benito location. So from Cypress Lake. Okay. I know who he is. I know Sean. Yep. So he brought up a very good point when we're talking about this and he goes, how long does it take to hit a golf ball? How many seconds? Well, the clock should be 45, 40. That's an maximum amount, but you should be able to do it in, within 10 seconds. Get over the ball and just hit it. Or how's the, the, how long does it take to actually uh, complete the swing? Two seconds? Yeah, two seconds so max. So one, two, and then hit? Yeah, two seconds max to actually perform a golf swing. Yeah. So if you hit 200 balls, how That's many seconds? 400 seconds. 400 seconds. So you could go and quote-unquote practice saying you're practicing because you hit 200 balls, but you really are only practicing your body mechanically for 400 seconds. That's not a whole lot of time, right? No, it's a, it's a small amount of time if you're doing the right things, but it could be a lot of time if you're doing the wrong things. How many minutes is 400 seconds? Well, 60 times 8 minutes is 48, so times times 6 is 36, so times 7 is 42, so almost 7 minutes. (laughs) 6 minutes and 40-something seconds. So you can hit 200 balls, but you've really only practiced the biomechanics for less than 7 minutes. Yeah. How long does it take to hit 200 balls? 
two hours at least maybe three yeah if you if you're really resting appropriately and giving it a quality swing i'm gonna say like a minute and a half per ball so you're talking about three hours probably yeah so it's gonna take you three hours to hit 200 balls and you really are only doing less than seven minutes of actual biomechanical practice and this was great when sean told me this this was just great and i'm going like this is just music to my ears he goes why wouldn't you get into a position and just hold it and then just incrementally go into the next position and then incrementally just go an inch farther into the backswing. Just hold it. Hold it for 60 seconds. See if you can hold it. And then ultimately get into the top of your backswing and see if you can hold it there for 60 seconds. Let your body react to it. Let your muscles figure out what it's supposed to what they're supposed to be doing in that position. And I'm going, oh my God. Like that is just genius. Why didn't I think of that? Who cares about hitting 200 balls? Why don't we just spend 10 minutes holding positions statically and let your body react to it so that the muscles can build up strength and endurance in that position? I'm going, this is genius. And the reason why I'm talking about this right now is because if you do this test or this exercise, Go slowly into your backswing and watch your right knee. Do not let your right knee bend at all. In your address position, imagine somebody standing right behind you with a sharp knife right behind the back of your right knee. As you go into your backswing, if you move that right knee straighter at all, you are going to stab yourself. I want you to have that visual. And then get into the top of your backswing and see if you can hold that position for a minute. That's a long time. That's your challenge for the day. Comment on this podcast. Comment on all of our socials. Let me know how that was. If that's easy, you should be... On your way. You should be on your way. (laughs) What do you think? I think... Okay, I started laughing because I remember his story. I had a I had a really good coach. His name was Alberto Albornoz. He's, he was from Argentina, and he Angel Carrera was his caddy. Angel Carrera won the U.S. Open and also won the the Masters. Can you enunciate his name a little bit easier for us English speakers? His name was Alberto Albornoz, and his caddy used to be Angel Cabrera, who won the U.S. Open and the Masters. Alberto also played with De Vicenzo, which was probably one of the best South American players or one of the best players ever back in the day. And Alberto died of COVID a year and a half ago. And he, he was an incredible human being, but he will, he would always stand behind me with a seven iron. And after 300 balls and I was tired and destroyed, he would tell me, if you miss the next one, I swear to God, I'm going to smash the seven iron behind your right, behind your right uh, ear because he wanted me to rotate the right way. So he would always be standing there with a seven iron right behind my head, trying to get me to stack on the right and trying to get me to maintain. <laughs> if I if I got my right leg straight, I would hit the, the club because he was standing right there. So he taught me how to stack my right side, maintaining that flex on the right knee that you're talking about. And it, which you just said resonated so much because he would literally stand behind me, but instead of holding a knife to the back of my knee, <laughs> he would hold a seven iron to the back of my my right ear. So like, 
priceless. I couldn't start. I started laughing because he was like, "Oh my god, Alberto!" Like, I lived it. I lived it. So I'm talking this hypothetical and visual, and you actually had it in reality. I was terrorized for years. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, it's actually a real story, and and he actually helped me. St- that that feeling of get, staying in posture, staying stacked with a bend on the right knee. Transform my golf. Like literally, I started playing, you know, under par. So, really important thing. Yeah, yeah. Nice memory. <laughs> may he Good. rest. May he rest in peace. In peace. You know, he's a great person. He was. Anyways, <laughs> we don't want to get all bumped out. Anyways, what I was saying is, it resonates with me where you were saying it is actually true and it works so well. Bend on the right knee, stack it up, and then use the ground effectively to deliver that energy. Good. All right, that was a great one. I loved it. That yeah. was a ton of value there. Thank you for sharing that great story. Yeah, that was seven iron to the ear. <laughs> what a psychopath! But I love that guy. <laughs> cool. All right, that was fun. Thank you for lo- tuning in, guys. Make sure you subscribe to this, share this podcast with somebody that you know is straightening their right knee in the backswing because you watch them, you play with them every single week. Share this with them. Yeah. Follow us on socials and follow us on YouTube. We post a lot of good stuff there. We're going to start posting more videos and more entertaining value, but also teaching value, stuff that you can actually learn, you know? So follow us, like us, and please share us. Perfect. Cool. Thank you, guys. See ya. Thank you very much for tuning in this week. For more information, please go to bermangolf.com. That's B as in boy, E-R-M-A-N, bermangolf.com, and check out a ton of stuff that we have there. Or even better, go to our socials, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. We're even on TikTok. Check us out everywhere. We've got tons of content going out every week. And please give us a thumbs up. Comment on the videos. Let me know what your questions are. Try to shoot holes in this. I'll do whatever I can to help you out the best that I can. Thank you, guys.